Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer thanks to purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com for giving us a chance to post our podcast over there. Sure to check out great Vikings coverage over at purpleptsd.com and vikingsterritory.com. Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North. Sam here with Kyle. And I was realizing it's been a little while since we've recorded. We had a couple awesome guests, so that was a lot of fun. But Kyle and I mm-hmm. were just kind of running through the list of all of the offseason moves that have been made and trying to figure out if we've covered them. And I don't think we've really covered any of them. Uh, I think the last time we talked, the, the Kendricks uh, release had been made, the, the cut. Uh, but there's a lot of things that haven't happened. And I guess today... We're, we're not going to be able to talk about everything that's happened. Uh, but what we're going to start with here is the the cuts that the Vikings have made. And, and I think the biggest one is Adam Thielen, both in terms of talent, but also in terms of historic importance to this franchise. And yeah. so, again, Kyle, curious to hear your thoughts on this. I feel like this was one of these things that was similar to the Kendricks piece uh expected yeah. but still hard because of the, the I think because of the history and also because of uh the quality of play that the player brought to the team for for a long period of time and his story yep yep no I, I think that's about right I mean similar to Kendrick's insofar as team captain you know kind of one of those guys that makes his side of the ball go where Thielen maybe has the upper hands at least in terms of fan affection it's just that he's the hometown kid. You know what I mean? Like, Thielen is the hometown kid. Grew up dreaming about, you know, literally doing what Randy Moss and Chris Carter did. You know, being on the field for the Vikings and, and you know, just performing these big moments. And literally did it. You know what I mean? Literally achieved the dream. And so that's just always going to be special. You know what I mean? Like, if you, if you wrote the movie script, it'd probably be a little bit lame. Because it just seems a little bit too perfect. But here it is in reality. Actually happening. Right? And so... Tough to see him go. I think in the end, it's probably still the right decision, uh, just given the size of his contract and his playing production. I mean, it's not just last year, right? Like, four, it's been four years. Past four seasons, he hasn't cleared a 1,000 yards, right? And some of that is due to declining play, I think, a little bit. Some of that's due to injury. But you add it all together, and you maybe have a decision that was probably painful but necessary, I would say. And really kind of like another step in Quasito Fomensa and Kevin O'Connell kind of molding this team into their own image rather than kind of continuing to a certain extent. There's a lot of continuity immediately coming off that Zim Spielman era. And now we're seeing some of those more painful decisions occur, like moving on for Kendricks, moving on from Thielen. And now it's like a little bit more within the image. It's not fully there. There's still a lot of that Spielman influence, a lot of that Zim influence, but kind of feeling that turn. I think you could say. Yeah, I, that makes sense. I, I think that very much so this new regime came in last year and left things relatively intact. Yeah. Uh, and I think kind of it was like, a, you know what, we're going to see what happens for a year, uh, what yeah. a year it was. Uh, but also realizing, I think, I don't think yeah. any Vikings fan can sit here and say, you know what, just got to roll it back and do the same thing over again. Uh, mm-hmm. Like change does need to happen. And mm-hmm. Thielen, we, we had actually talked about it last year at the end of yeah. last offseason about, you know, is he a potential cut? 
Uh, They do it this year and he moves on. And now he goes and signs with Carolina and yeah, strange weird weird fit. I know there was, I seen the reports about Kansas city potentially. And I was like, you know what? That would be makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Makes sense. Carolina makes a little less sense. If you're thinking about uh, competing um, soon. Right. You know, I was messaging you about it last night, Sam. It just feels so reminiscent of Kyle Rudolph, right? Of Rudolph getting to the end of his time here in Minnesota. He's got that bloated contract. Uh, you know, various points in the media basically says that you know he feels like he's still got it and wants to show that. Um, also wants to win a ring. You know, of course, he's a great veteran, done a lot, but hasn't won Super Bowl. Uh, ends up going to the Giants. You know, what I mean, who basically had no chance at all of winning the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Here's Adam Thielen. In a sense, you know, you kind of see these these kind of, you know, kind of mirroring a little bit, the same sort of pattern of, like, still feeling like he's got it, got that blow contract, just can't kind of come to a resolution with the team, insists that he's still got it, wants to prove that he's still got it, also wants to win a ring, and then he signs with the friggin' Panthers, who, I mean, part of why sports are magical is because we don't know what's going to happen, but I just cannot see a world where they even come close to the playoffs, let alone win the Super Bowl. So, but they, they handed them a pretty good deal, right? I, I, Darren Wolfson, you know, said that it was three years, 25 million. Then Gessling kind of came in and offered a little bit more clarity in terms of what that means. Um, you know, he's got a decent amount kind of guaranteed up front. And so Carolina, if I just had to guess, was, was the highest bidder, perhaps. You know, when you work with Frank Reich and, and you get the chance to kind of, uh, you know, be that veteran guy, and there's certainly appeal in that, right? And and like part of your legacy becomes uh, like lifting up the next generation, right? And like like sharing those tips and tricks, teach them how to be a pro. Uh, there's value and there's pride in that, and I see that. Um, it just is an odd fit. I think I think we all would have respected and kind of expected you know, the one-year, $2 million flyer in Kansas City or in Buffalo to be able to find Diggs again or, you know, pick, pick your contender, right? And 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 that kind of thing. I think that's what have been like, oh, yeah, like, feel him, go get your ring, dude. We will cheer you on kind of thing. Um, so it was just a little bit surprising to see the Panthers, I think, was my reaction. And it just feels very similar to Calvary Rudolph. Yeah, it's, it's a strange thing. I, like, I think we sit here as fans and you're like, oh, you, the the money doesn't matter as much to us when right. we think about right. the competition again. Right. Like these guys are making a lot of money, but I, I don't. I, I I blame zero people in this world to to go and make the money that yeah. they can make. And if you can make the amount of money, and I, I think that it maybe the the decision doesn't necessarily make sense for Thielen from us as Vikings fan standpoint. Uh, yeah. Kind of sitting yeah. there, uh, it makes sense for Carolina. I think right you. They they've invested a ton of draft capital into moving yeah. up to uh, number one. Yeah. They're going to take a quarterback number one, uh, and you get 100%. to bring in a veteran receiver, and he gets to be there for a few years. And, and exactly, who knows what happens? Uh, we've seen it with Cincinnati doing a turnaround. I don't know if you see that with with Carolina, um, but who who we'll knows? If, if if Carolina did kind of bring things around and obviously not next year, but maybe in a, in a couple of years and, and Thielen gets to be yep. a part of that. Uh, that would be Special. interesting, but yep. who knows where he's going to be in terms of his, his talent in a couple of years. But again, 
nothing but the the best uh wish 100 for, for wish him the best yeah and uh and the that, man who made his career by overcoming doubt and overcoming yeah. the odds so yeah. you know best of luck to him yeah even even if this is kind of things really tail off in carolina a fantastic career and mm-hmm. he is he uh yeah, had a had a great time in in Minnesota. So so that's yep. that's great. But let's let's transition here and pivot here a little bit to sure. what's happened. And again, I could go through sure. the list of all the the moves that has happened. There's been some re-signings of of players. There's been some free agent signings. Um, I'm kind of curious for you. What are the some of the things that you have liked? Because again, I think if you look at position of needs and and such, the Vikings. Uh, by and large, have gone forward. Although there's also been some interesting moves in terms of kind of how does this fit in with the players they got. Uh, right, so I, right. <laughs> with, without kind of trying to lead you down one path or, or another, what what are the moves that you've liked so far? Right, I adore the defensive signings: Byron Murphy and Marcus Davenport. A one, you know, I've, I've said this to you before, Sam. Probably, I know I've written about it probably about a thousand times. You know, if I was in charge of an NFL, like personnel for an NFL team, I would just load up on pass rushers. Like my life depends on it. I would just keep adding pass rushers, guys. And I, and I know it's not that easy. Every team wants pass rushers. They actually have to compete to get them on your team. You know, you have limited resources, so on and so forth. Um, <clears throat> adding guys who inspire fear in the quarterback and the offensive coordinator who cause the offensive coordinator to second guess the play call and say, you know what? I actually can't make this aggressive call because they've got three dudes on the other side who have proven that they can, they can beat blocks. You know what I mean? If they get one-on-ones, like they're going to get after my QB here in about two seconds. Right. So I can knock all that deep shot. You know what I mean? And so just having those guys on the field, I think is crucial. And I love the Davenport signing. Um, the concern, of course, is simply his availability, right, or, or lack thereof. I mean, he's never played a full season. He's a five-year NFL vet, never been able to play every game in a season. The most he's ever played in is 13 games, and that was back in 2019. Uh, he's only surpassed 500 snaps one time, and, and that, was, that was back in 2019 when he played 13 games. Otherwise, you know, it's been somewhat modest snap totals um, compared to a lot of like the other high end, super talented edge rushers. And he is that like he is a high end player, top tier player with great ability. <laughs> Excuse me. He just has, hasn't really been able to stay consistently healthy. He can produce at this elite level uh, and can be so disruptive. There's just this concern about can he be on the fields? Uh, so the fact that it's a one-year deal, I actually, I'm not trying to take a victory lap here or anything like that. Um, but you get so many predictions wrong that <laughs> every so often it's nice to be like, yeah, okay, this like this kind of worked. You know, I can I included him in the top 32 list for uh, PTSD. He came in at 25th just because I was concerned about both price and injury history. But at the end of the little blurb, I just said, you know, a one-year prove-it deal might make a lot of sense for both sides. And in the end, that's what it was. It was a one-year proof deal. And, you know, from the team perspective, the risk is quite low. Like, we're not signing this guy to four years, $100 million, right? Like, we're we're doing one year. Uh, ben Gessling tweeted out, 
kind of adding some clarity. There's the void years. So I think right now uh, there's 6.8 million dead cap hit on the cap next year. The potential dead money next season is humongous. Humongous, right? With Hunter, with Davenport, with Cousins, and then whatever cuts were to occur. Uh, the expectation is probably that one or two of these guys are going to be extended, so you can avoid that crazy cap charge. But overall, I, I love Davenport deal. Love the Murphy deal. I know Matt Freeze was on here. Um, he's been doing a lot of cut-ups, film cut-ups for on his Twitter. Smooth. Murphy's Murphy's feet, I mean, I mean, Matt Freeze is smooth, but smooth feet for for Byron Murphy. Just really, really excellent stuff in his movements. Um again, he had the injury last year, so you're concerned about that. But on the when he's on the field, he can move inside, outside, he'll man up, he'll press, kind of leave him on an island, physical dude. I love the deal. I love the deal. And and the fact that these, you know, how many people were saying the Vikings can't sign impact free agents this year, right? You know, you just look at our cap situation. And here we have it. You know what I mean? These are probably your two main ones. But then adding Oliver, adding Lowry, uh, bringing back a lot of your internal talent of, you know, Madison and Bradbury and so on and so forth. The Vikings have, have made some moves here. And so it's been really exciting, I'd say. Uh, and I love those two defensive deals. I love them. I, I just think uh, high-value position. Just like getting a top-pairing defenseman in, in hockey or a centerman, high-value, right? Like an edge rusher, a corner, you win with those guys, right? Like those those guys make the difference. Yeah, it it's it feels like it's been pretty clear in terms of the strategy this offseason in terms of, you know, signings. Like, I know there's been a big deal about signing younger guys. Yeah, uh, right. Also, like you said, you, you get some guys on some prove-it deals – here exactly which is exactly which again the the risk like you said they're they're lower risk but they're not without risk that's right uh, that's like right there's risk in terms of you know what there's a reason that these guys are signing prove-it deals uh, that's right yeah. but again i i think that it's it's quite uh i i think it's a worthwhile shot for the vikings and where the team's at again if you are in you know what this is a hundred percent our contention window for the next two mm-hmm. years. And again, I could hear an argument for that for the Vikings. I think they like realistically uh, they're in a spot where they are kind of someone, I know someone talked about it being a competitive rebuild or retooling. Um, that, that's that, you're talking that that's his actual line. We competitive rebuild. That's his philosophy. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I think that often you can look at that and feel like, you know what, commit to doing one or the other and and, right. and go full right. in but i think that realistically at least on paper where it stands right now feels like the majority of, of people are pretty optimistic about you know what yeah what decisions that have been made so far yeah that's right and i think um where there is lingering concern maybe with a couple spots and you know i have my own concern and sam probably has this and other people um it's important to remember that free agency and the draft work hand in hand, right? And so a lot of times, like if you were to look at that corner room, especially after cutting Cameron Dantzler, you're saying there is just this dire, insane need here. You know what I mean? Uh, we need to make sure we go into the draft with some reinforcements so that we don't have to, you know, we're not compelled to sink our first 
pick, you know, into a corner, right? And so a lot of times free agency, yes, you want to sign those impact players and so on and so forth. But keep in mind the overall goal of forming and constructing this roster, uh, there are two primary ways of adding talent right now. And that's by signing free agents. That's by drafting players. And these two things walk hand in hand, right? And a lot of times the general manager is looking at the situation and saying, okay, I need to ensure that I kind of raise the floor at this position or add more competition. Therefore, once it gets to my pick, I don't feel like I'm back into a corner and have to choose maybe, you know, a corner at pick 23, even though all the corners I think are actually have a second round grade or a third round grade, but I have to pick one now because uh, the need is so extreme kind of thing. And so I think in some ways, I'd be surprised if he made huge deals going forward. I think he'll probably add a little more, raise the floor, increase competition, you know, add a better presence, this sort of thing. Uh, trades are certainly a still possibility with Dalvin Cook and Zaria Smith. But I would imagine at this point, Sam is probably transitioning a little bit to, you know, kind of just that overall view of the roster and, and kind of like just this kind of broad perspective. Um, leading into the draft with this understanding that two from from a general manager's perspective, the two are 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 just you know partners in the same objective. Right. Right. It it um I let me let, let me ask you this because then we'll we'll wrap up here shortly. But yeah I I understand that there's the draft and understanding yep. kind of where we're at in free agency. If you had to kind of make a guess and I'm going to give you kind of a blank check with this guess. It's not, I'm not, yeah. not going to pigeonhole sure. you with, with the Vikings are going to take this first round or, or whatever, or this player, like, like just, if you kind of had to to guess in terms of uh, one decision they'll make moving forward, I know you kind of just talked a little bit about maybe a philosophy right. of what they do moving forward. Um, right. But do you have any kind of maybe semi bold take in terms of what, what you feel like the Vikings do moving forward here it could even be changing someone yeah. on the roster already or adding but uh what's something that we can kind of come back to and, and clip and say you know, Kyle had, <laughs> that's right Kyle had this right yeah well i mean right or wrong we'll see uh i i honestly think that this point is darius smith trade is likelier than not simply because he's asked to play elsewhere right but the fact that um you know that roster bonus hit last week or, or rather the guaranteed money kind of kicked in on the third day of the new league year. And so now cutting him, you know, rather than getting more than 12 million in cap space, you get, you know, basically 8.4 million cleared over the cap. However, if you trade him, you still get that 12.15 million in cap space. And so you just partner the Davenport ad with the 12.15 million you can save with him explicitly saying goodbye, he wants to move on uh, with only having five picks. You know, you just kind of look at all the factors. There's so much smoke. You know, is there a fire, right? And, and you know, I, I, I always, I often hesitate to kind of venture too far down these, uh, these speculative whatever, because like at the end of the day, we're talking about a human being. I don't want to just willy-nilly you know, wish away someone's future in Minnesota because he's got a family and he's a person in and of himself. And I can't imagine that every trade is easy for these players. So, but he is explicitly asked. He wants to go elsewhere. Let me go. Right. And so 
Um, it's complicated with him in that he's a little bit older. He's had the injury. He's got a contract that, at the very least, he would want to rework and 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 get something new. So it's not like you can just trade him anywhere and it's going to work. Um, because like if he goes somewhere and holds out there, because he doesn't want to play there or doesn't like you know the details of the contract that are you know coming with him, I mean, the team's not going to be interested in that, right? So it does limit you. It also limits what kind of return you can get. And maybe in the end, the solution is simply uh, giving him more money. Right? Like the Vikings redoing his deal, maybe locking in more guarantees. I don't know. Doing something to kind of make him happy. I would love to see Zedarius, Daniel Hunter, and Marcus Davenport all on the field at the same time. Whew, good luck blocking that. I mean, that is a scary trio. Very scary. That would be great. But I think that at this point, the likeliest scenario is the trade, likely involving some sort of kind of mid roundish pick, I, I would say. Set, or like a three, four, five. Right. I don't know if a six or seven would be enough to do it for Minnesota, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. I know we're, we're uh, in a good spot here again. I know there's still yeah. some, some anticipation of what, what, the vikings do i know there's still some guys that they have that are unsigned i think that's kind of what i'm interested in in terms of the guys that uh like a, a duke shelley i think is the big name um, oh man At, re-adding him would just seem to make so much sense wouldn't it yeah it, it does i guess i'm kind of interested to see like if there's any like at this point you feel like what's holding it up is is he it seems like he's interested in coming back is kind of the vibe yeah he is he has said so you, yeah. you like you get from what he's shared uh yeah like, you kind of wonder with when you have a, like i think it's a little bit of a tough um evaluation in terms of what is the price when you have someone who really did well and, and you can look at some of the statistics in terms of how well he did in limited minutes uh yep. and trying to figure out okay like what do you do in terms of what what is a player worth in that situation like i i understand right. maybe there's some challenges there with also a bit of a tight cap crunch that the Vikings yep. are in right now. Um, but well, I'm I'm that's kind of a, a player I, I've got my eye out in terms of what the Vikings yeah, do. Yeah. That's a good one. You know, I'm just I just pulled up a quick on OTC. For his career, he's made less than three million. You know, I can respect it that after having a strong season, like dude wants a decent deal. I get it, right? Like you want that life changing money. So I I'll this will be my prediction. We'll we'll each predict Shelley. I'll I'll say it's a one year private deal back in Minnesota. Is is my prediction for Shelley? Interesting. Yeah, I I um I feel like you probably want a little bit more term while also realizing that you probably don't. Uh, I don't know. I, he does seem a little bit like a a prove it guy. Uh, like he he could he could rise up in that occasion. While also I feel a little bit like you you'd want Dude competes. You'd yeah. want some. You'd want a little bit of security in a league that yeah. really doesn't offer you a whole lot of security with contracts, right? I could understand a, a desire for a little bit more of a multi-year deal, um, right? But anyways, we'll be interested. Interesting to see. But we'll wrap up there. Thanks. Everyone no prediction. Listening. Where's Shelley going? I, I think he's coming back. I'm. I, All yeah. right. Okay. Uh, that's, okay. I'll, I'm. I'm in with you there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Good. I, okay. Coming back. Multi-year deal. Two-year deal. Let's wrap yeah. it there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, thanks everyone for okay. listening. Okay. Two years. Okay. I like it. <laughs>
Oh man, always smooth here over at Notes in the North. But uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, and uh, we'll be back. We'll be back uh, next week.